right and tonight coming to you from the same room it's me Treshawn with Steven I don't know your middle name Steve <laughs> you don't want to know my middle name is uh, it Elizabeth no like it's Stephen not Elizabeth, Elizabeth. But it's kind of close it's Stephen <laughs> Eli I'm not giving you my middle name I just okay. I'm not gonna let you guess the entire night Stephen nope how are you doing tonight? <laughs> I'm doing good. Uh, it's good to be in the same place, uh, recording on our microphones and having a nice little setup in the in this room. It's probably the most kind of creative studio we've ever put together. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I'm Steven pretty happy an, about that. He has a nice little setup in here that we're working with, and it's probably going to be one of the best sounding episodes we have. <laughs> so uh, I'm I'm pretty excited to hear this one and see how we do with it. All right. Okay. So what do you what do you hit me with tonight, man? I'm hitting you with Reddit questions. Reddit questions uh, again. All right. I'm only because this. we have quite a few. I did have a segment called Waifu or Die Foo, <laughs> but I think we have so many big Reddit questions that we're going to have to save that for next episode. Okay. So I'm into I will it. leave everyone lying in wait. Lying in wait, huh? Oh. Like, what are they going to ambush us? I. Hmm, that is how that would be taken. Yeah. Um, so the first question is going to be What is the biggest show? You regret watching coming at you from Super Spidey 3000. Ooh, you start that one out. Oh, man. My <laughs> biggest show is probably going to be... Uh, it's probably going to have to be Overlord. Really? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I know you're not a huge fan of Isekai series, but Overlord's kind of one of the more superior ones, according to a lot of people. I've seen a little bit of the first season, but I... I got busy and just dropped it, and the, the, I want to go back. The first season's cool. It, it is. And then you get to the second season, and it it really strays from what made that first season super cool, and it gets really weird and entangled in itself. And I, I didn't – I don't hate Overlord, but I do regret watching it. Maybe if there was, like, a third season for me to immediately dive into and kind of see if there was a payoff in what ended in the second season at the time – I would have enjoyed that a little bit more, but I definitely didn't enjoy the second season of Overlord as much. And it really turned me off to the series. There was weird lizard sexual tension. Weird. <laughs> I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, oh it's it's odd. That's there wild. was really a lot less of Anzal Ghoul and more of his side characters. And I mean, that's cool. You know, you want to grow your cast and everything, but. You know, it's Ans. Ans is the guy, and you didn't get a lot of the guy. Oh, I really? Felt. So yeah. you, you you lost out on main character time. Yeah, and okay. I didn't. You didn't get to spend time with the or what's her name, Albedo, the main wife through there. <laughs> oh yeah. And I mean, so what, what was I even there for? But <laughs> there is a season three. I mean, I'm sure there is now, but I don't. It's too you late. You watched for me. it a while back, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. I, it. So it's too late for me. But that's just one I. I just regret it. I think I just watched it at a bad time for, for me personally, but also Isekai. I'm not your guy for Isekai. Uh, I'd say the, the one that really comes to mind that isn't something we've talked about on the podcast for me is actually Sword Art Online. Um, a lot, the second half of the first, the first season turned me off. It, like it was, it was damsel in distress. It, it kind of made, it made some plays with the characters that didn't make sense to me. And that was minorly disappointing, but I was like, all right, let's do this. And then it kind of got into the Gun Gale Online stuff and, you know, Kirito kind of working for this organization to go into, like, 
these VR worlds for, I guess, the government or something like that? Yeah. To solve mysteries or whatever? And I know it's it's not that kind of ridiculous as I make it sound, but I just couldn't get into it. Um, a lot of, like, some of the character dynamics that were happening were I was not a huge fan of either. Um, like, his, I guess, his little sister or whatever? Like, I... I, wasn't I think it's supposed to be his adopted cousin. Oh, well, whatever it was, it was, it was weird. because I thought yeah. that was an unusual kind of character to be a part of the series and kind of, like, be thrown there when it's already been established. That, like, uh, it's cool that you like your cousin, brother, whatever it is, but he's already got a wife, essentially, in yeah. the series. So, I don't know. That was that was kind of weird. Um, I You know, I, ne- I haven't watched the Underworld one. Because uh, I was just so turned off. Like, I, I the second season was just, uh, I didn't really, you know, it didn't catch on. I, I liked the idea of the first, the first season's, like, first half, the Aincrad yeah. arc, where, like, you know, there's, like, real, it's, it was actually kind of dark and it had some stakes, but then every once in a while it would kind of veer off into, like, some more lighthearted elements. And that grabbed me, but then it, it, got, it just kind of, like, petered off for me. It's not that I was necessarily, like, regretful. I was just disappointed. I sound like a dad. I'm disappointed in uh, you, I, I'm not Toe. mad. I, I'm just disappointed. No, I, I really enjoyed the first season of Sword Art Online when I watched it. I'm trying to remember the exact emotions because it was really popular on Netflix when it came out. Like, that was a lot of people's gateway anime whenever that first mm-hmm. came out. And e- even my wife wanted to watch it because it was just really popular. And I was like, oh, if, if you want to watch an anime, I'll, I'll watch an anime with you. Yeah. And so we watched Sword Art Online, and yeah, it was cool. I liked seeing this uh this guy stuck in a game world and he had this romantic element with asuna and that was cool and then yeah the the little sister and i think it was just one throwaway line where you understood her to not be blood related because <laughs> yeah like, we, that's usually how it is it's like uh some throwaway line to justify like this this is not incest yeah she's and it, adopted it was uh, but uh let's not like that's a whole other animal like uh i feel i feel like uh domestic girlfriend kind of threw everybody for a loop in in the anime manga world um with that kind of dynamic the last like few years Mm, i've Uh, heard about that one but i haven't seen it oh boy so i want to say something about domestic girlfriend i was not disappointed by uh, domestic girlfriend i i read it i read it i I haven't watched the anime i don't i'm not really interested in watching the anime because they i think it's only like 12 episodes and i think they changed the storyline and i read the manga and it went on forever and that is the trashiest soap opera-ish, like, series ever, and it, it feels like a train wreck. But I could not turn away, and I was interested in everything that was happening. None of its story made sense. It, uh, like, some of the story just didn't make sense at certain points. Yeah. And I just, I couldn't stop reading it. Every week I had to see the new chapter, and I was like, I hate this series. Like, especially after, like, my girl, my main girl, didn't get... You know, my ship, I guess, as they, they call it. My ship was not sailing. And I was upset about that. And so I was like, ah, fine, fuck it, I'm not going to read it. Um, but then I kept going back, like some kind of terrible addict. And I'm like, is this what it's like when people watch reality television each week or something? Like, is it is it the, the drama? Is it the pure ridiculosity of it? I don't know. But I wasn't disappointed in that one. I'm sorry, I got off on a rabbit hole again. No, no, by all means. But that series, like... Actually, the 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 author themselves, uh, K. Sasaga, I believe, um, they have another series before that called Good Ending that was just as like 
drama filled romance like kind of a little trashy it's i think domestic girlfriend's a little trashier um but it was called good ending and i don't know like it was it was decent it got bogged down in a lot of like rivals and stuff like that for the character and unnecessary drama but i knew what i was getting into when i went into domestic girlfriend and then i was shocked once again so i'd i'd say it's a solid read if you want to read that sort of thing so I may have to watch it. I like I like drama, but if if not watching it is not suggested, then I'll, I'll have to see. Well, that's the thing is like, uh, do you like manga? Like, do you read manga? I try. Like, I really try. I read manga at a breakneck pace. No, I I can't. Really? But I, I I absorb and I, I look and analyze at pictures, and I just oh. I sit there and I, wow, I really like this, and I just I look at pictures, so I have to have just text to read to keep me going and then i feel like i just breeze through manga too super quick and i don't know i feel like i don't get all my worth out of it yeah i I don't know i i don't have that problem i'm reading like 60 series and i i read through chapters in minutes so no i can't it's just like blam 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 and i've just i've absorbed a lot of series over the years and i I, i'd say i'm more of a manga reader than i am an anime watcher these days i think because i can absorb it so quickly Mm. like i love i love this this hobby this fandom whatever you want to call it um but i do have things i have to get done so manga is like the pace of the anime in this situation if you compared it to anime is set by my own ability to read and process and i have gotten very efficient yeah yeah well that's good as long as you you've perfected that and maybe i'll get there one day but where i'm at now i'm i'm just more anime than i am manga understandable so our next question comes from Ein Sama999, surely from Bleach Inspiration. Uh, the, their Bleach? Bleach. Eins. Oh, wow, Eins. That's not his name, is it? Eins? No, Eins al Ghul. Is... That's, that's from Overlord. That, like, is what? it spelled like E-I-N? No, it's A-I-N-Z. Oh, yeah, then that's definitely probably an Overlord reference. What was the main bad guy's name in Bleach? Uh... I no oh Eisen 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 yeah that's it anyway his question was <laughs> is is people oh is making people cry considered good writing like in the movies Anahana Your Lion April a silent voice or is it just emotional manipulation because it feels like making people cry is relatively easy if you go out of your way to make it happen hmm. I don't necessarily believe that. I, I think it, when people cry at a movie, it's because a certain emotion has kind of, uh, you know, resonated with them. And yeah. these stories have moments that resonate with them. Um, there's definitely some traditional uh, storytelling elements and character development and character arcs that elicit emotional responses from people just because we, if you have emotional emotions, you, you react to that. Um, you know, having, you know, like it, it's a little worrying if you watch a movie with these kinds of tropes and, and archetypes and things like that, and you don't feel anything. Yeah. I mean, you're talking about a silent voice where what a visceral, like, just portrayal of bullying. And you talk about things like Anohana, which involves grief and loss. And uh, same thing with your lie in April. Um, like it's like coming out of depression, for instance. You know, things things that would make somebody react emotionally, either like because they hurt and they're empathetic with that person, or they see them overcome this and it, it makes them happy. 
Um, these are just typical emotional responses to specific things that kind of show who we are. And I don't think it's an emotional manipulation when you have a story to tell that's unique and has those elements. Um, I think Erased had some very, you know, emotion eliciting uh, uh, emotion. I don't know what the word I'm looking for. doesn't matter. But it caused some emotions. Yeah. Like watching Erased, was, was, it made you care. And that was also another one that, you know, had those same arch archetype, like kind of character, uh, you know, storylines that elicit emotional responses. So, no, I don't think it's emotional um, manipulation. Um, it's it's hard to believe that that I'm trying to think where how that could be. And I, I can't really reach it. No, I think writing is a big, big part of it. Where if you if you were to put a scenario where a kid sacrificed himself or sorry, a, a dad sacrificed himself for his son. And if you write that well enough, then it comes off as a very emotional scene mm -hmm. where you you cry and it comes off like Simba and Mufasa or you write it to where it comes off like Goku and Gohan and it wasn't very emotional and it was just, whoa. Okay, what's next, Piccolo's arm? What are you going to do? <laughs> I mean, I guess I could see that. If it's not well enough written, it could seem like emotional manipulation. Like, you're supposed to be sad right now. Be sad, even though it was poorly written. So, I got to know. Like, that is that's that is a tough one. A good question. Yeah. I like it. I like it. That's very good. A good thought provoker. This next one comes from Arc Clown 555 A lot of triple digits here. And this one we're a slot machine is more uh, this one's more a statement than it is a uh, a question, but it's you should talk about Dakimakura culture. Uh, so Dakimakura culture uh, Dakimakura is the uh, the body pillow covers that have anime girls on them. Typically, they're dual sided um, with a fairly. I don't want to say it's tame because sometimes the, the, the good side of the Dakimakura is still risque, uh, but usually the other side has them on the other side or like some state of undress that's a little more tame and lewd. Tame and lewd, maybe. Definitely, definitely lewd. They, and there are some lewd Dakimakuras out there. Uh, I mean, really, there's some lewd ones. I think they're just basically hentai at that point. But Have you seen the Diddy Kong one? Oh, I don't even want to know. I'm just joking. But I, I feel like, like that's probably if I feel like it might be real. Like, there's enough stuff on the internet that people can take an image from the internet. And there's plenty of cursed images on the internet and then turn it into a Dakimakura. Would you be upset if I sent you a Diddy Kong? Absolutely. A hundred percent. No. Okay. I don't need that kind of monkey in my life. Okay. Uh, no, you so can if send I told me whatever you the hell you want. I, I will Diddy just... Kong. What? If I told you to spank Diddy Kong. Yeah, this is just getting weird. Uh, okay. -er. Okay. Weird er. Okay. Um, but you know, actually, send me whatever curse shit you want, and I'll just I'll post <laughs> it on the internet and and be like, this is this is what my co-host does to me. He sends me this cursed garbage. Um, but no, I, I think the culture is is interesting. I don't really know because this is this actually goes back to that creepy side of the fandom that I have a little bit of a problem with because it can it can. It can really ostracize people who enjoy a hobby if that creepy side gets more attention. So, like, you have stories, like, of people marrying their waifu pillows. Or you have the people going to visit major major landmarks with their waifu pillows, taking pictures and posting them on the internet and things like that. And, and you know, like, you do you. But it does kind of rub me the wrong way whenever they get 
um, you know, press coverage. And then, and that's the that's the danger of it is because like, that's what people see, and then they start saying, "Oh, just anime fans in general do this kind of weird stuff." And it's still a really minor subset. And I like I feel like I want to learn more about that culture because most of what I have is pretty uh, surface level. I I love Dakimakuras. I I have a couple. They're in storage at the moment, but uh, I'd love to get more. But they get they're actually pretty pricey. Like have you ever have you ever looked at the price of a document? No, some of these I things haven't. are hundreds of dollars. Jesus. Yeah, no. Like uh, I can bring up uh, Hobby Search or uh, Good Smile. I don't know if Good Smile has document, but I think like Tokyo Otaku Mode uh, has them and a few other sites that I'm I usually visit, and they they get pretty pricey. But they also tend to be like the thing is like the authentic document covers from Japan tend to be higher quality. Mm. There has been some attempt to release some Dakimakura in the West, and a lot of times they're kind of cheap material. It's just like that Diddy Kong one. It was like not... you're, we're gonna get done with this episode, and you're gonna look that shit up, and I'm gonna I'm come gonna home one you. day, and in the mail, I'm gonna find that cursed ass fucking Dakimakura. <laughs> uh, ridiculous! I can't believe I had to deal with this. Uh, you have a family. But... <laughs> Imagine what it's like to be your wife and like look over you, look over like tenderly look over at your husband and peer over his shoulder and there's a fucking lewd ass Diddy Kong Zaki Makura on the screen. Trey, what are you doing with that? Diddy I need Kong? a divorce right now. No, I can explain. It's a joke. It's no. not real. No, I've uh, I, I've always seen them and I I don't think I've ever seen one in person, but I. I've always kind of wondered if there was more to it that I just was missing out on. Um, like, maybe if there was more to it than just, like, lewd girls. Like, mm-hmm. if there was scenes. And, like, I feel like I've seen some pretty cool Takimakuras of maybe Goku and Vegeta mm-hmm. fighting. And, like, I feel like those would be really cool things to have. Like, of a body pillow or something. Or oh, something where it's, like, a, a landscape of something happening. Like, the Hokage Village. Or not the or not not Konoha, but like the the valley where go Naruto and uh, fuck's that guy's name Sasuke Sasuke when fight. they fight on top of the water yeah on yeah. top of the other two uh, the other Uchiha and the Hokage like I feel like some landscape art would be some really missed opportunity for some people but yeah I I get what you're saying like especially because you could put it on your like say you made your bed and you put it on your bed horizontally yeah. it would look it would basically if somebody looked in your room and saw your bed it'd be like oh look there's Konoha village uh, with the the Mount Rushmore of ninjas and yeah a nice or, set piece uh, yeah I could see that you, you want to know why they don't have things like that though why because it doesn't sell yeah I mean don't yeah. get me wrong I I'm a huge fan of anime and manga and I think there is great male characters. But predominantly the fandom, until probably recently, I'd say the, the fandom's, like, gender ratio is evening out a bit. Yeah. But it was primarily male. Like, a, a good example of this is, uh, in the same vein, uh, Dakimakura uh, culture, there was the figure culture. Like, I got into figures years and years and years ago. Um, probably mid-2000s area. And I remember I got my first figure. And it was, uh, my first figure was actually a character from, I think I mentioned it, was a character from uh, Maho Shoujo. <sighs> Uh, lyrical Nanaha. I was really hoping it was going to be Diddy Kong. No, it's okay. not Diddy Kong. God damn it. <laughs> you have the worst weird fetishes in the world. But okay, you have told me about this anime. Yeah, okay. So I, But the figure was this uh, was this kind of like, you know, younger magical girl, but she had a giant sword and it was on a really cool base and I was really excited about it. 
but that was the thing is I remember this came up with a couple people I talked to, including my family members. And, you know, it's like, why do you only have girl figures? And I told them because most of, most of the figures that are out there are female. There wasn't a lot of male figures back in the day. There is a lot more now. Yeah. And I, and I know there are exceptions to that rule. There, I mean, there was like some blister pack release, like kind of like anime figures. But it wasn't the same kind of like quality as the, the really like, you know, well done PVC uh, figures and everything like that. Or uh, Cold Stone and stuff. A lot of it was all female. It was female characters because that's what sold. And, and like until, the, until that, that market blew up in a big way, there really wasn't money to be made on male characters. And now that the fandom is much more open, the Western world knows a lot more about anime. There's more female fans. There's now a demand for male characters and as a matter of fact with video gaming as well like a lot of a lot of times the earliest like male figures were video game characters like things there's a pretty pretty solid batch of uh, tales of male characters and now they have stuff in like full metal alchemist and and that, then you get into ninjaroids which is finally like it has male and female characters now you have like harry potter yeah cells at work you got full metal alchemist a, a series a series i keep bringing up randomly but i i've also never watched brotherhood me too. Did oh. you watch the uh, the Diddy Kong show they made, or the Do- Donkey Kong? Did they make a Donkey Kong show? They it did. Sounds it sounds familiar. It's really shitty. Oh, it, was it animated or was it like CG? It was CG, kind of like uh, Donkey Kong Country esque. Yeah, yeah. Probably used the same engine. I vaguely remember this. Yeah. Had very stilted animation. Had that kind of like Beast Wars kind yes. of look to it. Yes. Yeah. Very man. much so. By the way. Low-key, huge Beast Wars fan. Absolutely Isn't everybody? Transformers, I, Beast Wars? Yeah, right? yeah, absolutely. Everyone is. There was just that period. No one knows they are until they watch it. And they're like, <laughs> wow, Beast Wars is kind of cool. Um, but to kind of get back on track, Documentary Docu- Culture, I think, is fascinating. I think it's widened a lot. Um, I don't like some of the creep factor that's involved with it, unless you're using it for humor. Like, I think there's some pretty fun, funny skits with varying YouTubers and stuff like that. Uh, with waifu pillows and i you know taking the piss out of it also makes it a lot more approachable in my opinion but i do i don't like that creepy side where they get attention so then a blanket definition falls on fans or like that's the thing i'm terrified of that like i i used to have uh my doc and makuras out and i actually put them away because you know people would be like oh so you're gonna take it to you know the river and and uh, go swimming with it and it's like uh no, I'm gonna take your mom instead. Yeah, that's the good stuff. I'm not yeah. that clever on the, oh. on the spot. Like I, most of my comebacks have to be thought up, and like I'll phone them a day later and be like, "Yeah, that's never a good sign." No, no. But that's that's my thing. I got tired of the jokes uh, or like actual serious concern questions, and I, I just was like, I don't have time to explain an entire culture, or even just like explain why I have this for my own benefit to you. So I'm just gonna put it away. Yeah, because mine are actually tame. I have uh, one I got from a uh, a mook. It's a Japanese uh, magazine book, art book kind of thing. Um, it was from an Aerogay. It was part of a uh, I think it was a Dengeki G's like special edition book. It had a series I wanted, but it also included a, a Dakimakura of a Aerogame that they were also featuring in there. And then I have one with uh, Yoko and uh, from Girl in the Gone. Ooh. Yes, yes. I, I, I loved Yoko. Her character design, her character, like yeah. actual writing and like development, top notch, top notch. I loved her. 
Um, I can't help but get like pseudo Leela vibes from Futurama. I in terms you, of like that kind of like confident, ass kicking female character. I'll yeah. take your word for it. All right. I'll bring us to our next question. Right. Our final question. Why do you think consuming anime and manga tend to be oh tend to make so many people Japan obsessed? I watch a lot of westerns, but it doesn't make me want to live in the west or live in the country or the desert or start talking with a southern draw. So what gives? So this one I actually responded to because I thought it was really interesting in the heat of the moment. And I I said it was really kind of the juxtaposition of American to Western cultures and how we live our Western lifestyles. And, you know, the Japanese are over there in Japan. It just seems so intriguing mm-hmm. about how they do things, how everything looks over there in the houses and how it, it almost seems like unbelievable. Like, whoa, you just kind of have to see it to believe it. And it just brings the lure to the whole thing. But you also see it in a lot of the mediums, too, how you do see a sort of reciprocated, I guess, fascination with certain mediums like Mongolian Chop Squad Beck. Mongolian Beck Chop Squad. (laughs) However. however. (laughs) And you can see it with a lot of the designs in Resident Evil since Capcom is a Japanese company. Uh, Basing that all out of America, you can see all that happening there with the designs yeah. and I do I do love the uh like uh American action movie kind of aesthetic going on with some of the the uh Resident Evil character designs. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it just it, when you look at it and you see the cop outfits and it's like cops don't look like that. Mm. <laughs> we don't we don't look like that. Oh man. Uh, but it, it's funny. Yeah. But, I don't you know believe it or not I actually think it's pretty even. Yeah. I absolutely do. Um I have a couple of friends that I I have known throughout the years that you know are Japanese or live in Japan and um, I'd say I'd say that they're equally interested in the West as we are in the East because it's a different culture it's a different way of doing things it's a different style of art it's a different style of music like uh, music is a big one music is a huge one the sounds they they make the kind of music they make typically sound remarkably different if you listen to Japanese rock. There are probably a few here and there that sound very similar to some more Western stuff, but they're usually influenced by Western artists. Um, a lot of the like kind of other stuff that you hear is kind of a unique sound. I mean, uh, you know, pop idols even. We're talking the idol culture is com- and the kind of music they make is completely different from the pop idol culture of you know the Western world. I, I'm using America as a reference, but there's plenty of English artists too. You can see this in things like uh, all of a sudden the fascination with hip hop in uh japan there was a i think there was an anime about uh people wanting to be hip-hop artists and it's in rapping in general kaguya-sama love is war uh there seems to be some weird obsession with uh, fujiwara with rapping like that's a thing that happens like i know you haven't watched the show and i was gonna make you watch this show but you said you're gonna watch it with your wife so i said okay now you just have to watch welcome to venus war rumikun with me uh, there's two whole seasons completed as of today. That's can, right. Can we watch something else? <laughs> you, you sound like such is so excited, like being a captive audience in this yeah. situation. Um, but there are other things that I think you know Japan sees and equally gets excited about. Uh, I mean, come on, Beck, Mongolian Chop Squad, uh, the original song that he plays at the final episode at the festival when he goes on the stage by himself is uh, his own rendition of I've Got a Feeling by the Beatles. 
Hmm. And if you read the manga, they actually tour in America, and you can actually see like the loving detail they put into like because uh, I think they're actually touring over in like Seattle, and they talk about the Lizard Lounge and like Nirvana and things like that. Um, you know, so th- clearly there are artists that are really, really interested in this. Heck, there's a recent one. Uh, the newest episode of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. Kana so, goes to the U.S. And it's probably the most realistic, non-stereotypical, like, portrayal of America I've seen. There's still a few tropes in there that's like, okay. But it's not just blonde-haired, overconfident, American flag-wearing, skimpy outfit characters that they usually portray as as a American uh, America and like it's and they're, they're really loud and, and very stereotypical stuff but like Miss Kobayashi Dragon Maid actually animates uh, like Times Square in New York and shows like a pretty accurate portrayal of what it would be like people roaming around the park and things like that it's not like some stage show of stereotypes everywhere it's actually pretty good and I, I think that's cool because clearly the, the author or the creators or animators or whatever they had to actually look at pictures and and find out this information, and yeah. I, I think that there's just so much of that love in this in the other direction. It's just we're not exposed to it, or you have to look for it because a lot of times they'll put it in their own style. So if you come from a Western view and look at that, you're like, oh, it's anime, but it's an anime about something that is very Western like. But you're seeing it as anime, so you see it as something japanese and that's not the case right so i just i really feel like uh from our the place where we're sitting from our perspective of things we observed from our place over here on the other side of the ocean it may seem that they don't get obsessed with western culture or not like that but they really really do they really really do uh you know i had uh, i had a friend that was in a band over there um is a band called choke sleeper i don't know if they're still together anymore they were influenced by Zebrahead and like Cottonmouth Kings and stuff like that, and so they played very unique rock and roll over there. Um, they actually have a song on Guitar Freaks, and I actually have their album somewhere around here. I actually ordered their album from CD Japan because I was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna support my boy." Um, but yeah, I, I talked to him about Western music all the time and punk rock music and ska and and just all of that stuff. It was a lot of fun, and so I guess I guess that's the thing. Is my perspective is I've I've interacted with Japanese people who are interested in western stuff and i i can't believe that that's just like a few offshoots like i'm pretty sure there's a good chunk of them that are equally excited about stuff over here i mean there's pretty good amounts of people living in california washington the uh, hawaii um that came from japan and they just stayed yeah yeah so i I don't think i don't think it's the case i think it's it's a perspective thing okay yeah i can see that understandable so with that that brings us to the end of our reddit questions um, I guess with that, we'll talk about what we're doing. What are we doing? What the hell are you doing with your hands, man? What are you playing? Uh, good thing we don't have video. Yeah, no, they don't need to see what you're doing. That <laughs> <laughs> uh, sounds wildly inappropriate, but I actually was just being awkward. I can't even see your hands because of the microphone. So you're outing yourself. What, what are you playing? What, what, are, what are your games? All right, all right. So... <laughs> We talked. Did we talk about the bet on here? I know we did. I think we have. Yeah. And uh, if if we haven't, let's go ahead and reiterate the okay. bet. Okay. So I took a bet that I have to finish. I had to finish Fire Emblem Three Houses by the fourth of September, and then finish Atelier Riza, the I think it's the secret hideout in the Ever Darkness. It's the first Atelier Riza game. 
by two weeks later, because I I got overconfident and ran my mouth, and Trey put money on that shit in our friend group. So now I'm desperately racing towards the goal on Atelier Ryza, which is actually going really well, and I really, really like the game. Like, I love the Atelier series in the first place, but this one has really taken all the experience over the years and made, like, the best quality of life improvements for the game, like the, the quick travel, uh, taking out time limits, um, having, like, a story, uh, like, menu that literally tells you where you need to go next. I mean, it, it, it's probably one of the easiest Atelier games I've ever played, at least as of just, like, going through the game. It's a lot of fun. The uh, The synthesizing system is is really straightforward and simple and it even has an automated feature if you just want to play the game and experience the story it'll do a lot of the, the building for you and it's got pretty solid ai behind that i've made some really high quality stuff with the automated one with some good qualities and uh i, I was impressed but no i i have been racing through the game i have about eight hours into it and i'm on chapter three out of six so i'm i'm speed running this bitch are you even absorbing the story at all yes are absolutely you? okay absolutely the story, the story starts out pretty mundane. This this game is basically a slice of life, coming of age story of some precocious kids in a in an isolated village, and it's clear there's some bigger story beats coming. But the first like three chapters has been primarily us learning the game, learning the area, learning the people in the town, and the in the main characters. And it's not for everybody, I imagine, because like a lot of people are used to very epic stories, very big bombastic kind of experiences and this is very breezy it's very easy going a lot of the characters are pretty positive maybe in some people's view a little too positive uh, but i think there is some some darker subject matter explored in it they kind of touch on some like uh you know familial abuse um ostracization by uh your community uh bullying there's all kinds of that stuff in there and you know you get to see characters kind of evolve with it uh, to me, I think the best way I could put it is this game lets you be a member of a village and get to know everybody. Like that, like a lot of the stuff is very like this is your home and you see these same people every day and you kind of get to know the environment. Look, you're making that fucking face. That's that's, that's like, stuff like, I don't like. Swear, really, you just don't like enjoyable, breezy experiences where you get to know your environment in detail. Nope. Oh, that's right, I forgot. You're freaking monkey and you just want to do nuzlocks on pokemon and slam your head into a wall for fun it's crazy you keep bringing up monkeys <laughs> I, I shit <laughs> shit how could you you polluted my mind you son of a bitch so I, I like those experiences where you get to know a team of people five to eight that's about as max as i can learn if if it's more than that it's too many people well good for you because it's only four <sighs> a village is more than four you just no. That's the environment you live in. The main people you are getting to know are four fucking people. That's too many. You just want to be a negative Nancy. I could be. I could be. But go ahead. What else do you have on Atelier like Ryza? The, the, the fucking end of the book club meeting is just gonna be like a group of people trying to roast my game and me fighting desperately for my life to defend it. I don't think so. I think I think a good thing about this book club is that people get to experience new experiences, mm -hmm. as it would be, um, through games that maybe they wouldn't have taken beforehand. Because most people would look at Atelier Ariza, and if it wasn't for her thighs, they probably would pass it up. Look, I'm not going to lie. The thighs are nice. But 
you know, it, it does have some gameplay mechanics that would maybe turn off quite a few people. If you don't like gathering and crafting type games, this ain't your bag. Yeah. And, you know, it's one of those cases, because, of course, uh, full disclosure, the Atelier Rise uh, entry in our book club was my suggestion. Um, and I may have gone way too niche for the group of people in this book club. Uh, and I think we've readily established that me and, like, one other person is pretty much the only people that like, like, gathering, crafting, Harvest Moon, Rune Factory, like, farming and resource, you know, kind of management games. Like, yeah. we're, like it's me and one other person being like, yeah, and everyone else is like, that shit is boring. I think it's pretty much you and my brother. It's yeah. Just, it's just you two. <laughs> and uh, other than that, everyone else is maybe a little bit more faster paced. I, I, I'm friends with a group of monkeys. Oh, well. Well, apart from that, I'm actually playing the same thing at a much slower pace because I don't have a bet gambling on me. Um, but I am wrapping up Final Fantasy VII. Oh, I that's right. I am yeah. on disc three. All I have to do is go fight Sephiroth, but I want to go finish everything side quest-wise. I want to be able to say that I got my golden chocobo. I got the Knights of the Round. I beat Ruby and Emerald Weapon. You know, those those things that you should be able to say as a gamer. A gamer. Oh, busting out the titles now. Oh, yeah. I'm a pro gamer. And I got, no, you're not. I got the Knights of the Round. And it's uh, – <laughs> So why did you put the emphasis there? It's tough shit to get. I'm having like, to breed these chocobos. <laughs> it's, it's tough shit. The chocobo shit. breeding was annoying on the PS1, but you have, like, the fast-forward button. So I do. Yeah. I'm only at 20 – I'm actually at about 30 hours now. And if I didn't have this fast-forward button, I probably would have gave up and just went and killed Sephiroth. Yeah. Because I don't think I would have survived having to grind out levels to uh, beat Ruby Weapon or Sephiroth. Can you skip the animations for the, the chocobo racing or anything like nope. that? Like, can you speed it up? I can speed up. Okay. But I just can't skip any animations. Okay, and that's fine. But I want you to remember – I want you to think about a time that – imagine the normal speed being – the only thing you can have it's unfortunate actually there may be a there may be a way in the settings i could change that i'll have to look and i hope so because i'm tired of seeing alexander and neo bahamut and everyone else i'm tired of seeing them it's not it's not intriguing anymore like i get excited when i see a new materia i can summon but i've seen all these materia before the last thing for me to gather is knights of the round I've, yeah. I've collected everything else. I've done everything. I, I have all the final – oh, what's their special moves? The limit breaks. I have all the ultimate limit breaks, all really? the ultimate weapons. Oh, yeah. That's not true. I don't have clouds. But – Oh, the Omni Slash? Yeah. I got to get the Omni Slash from the, uh, the damn Cloud City. Not Cloud City. The Gambling oh, Square. The Gold Saucer? Yeah, Gold Saucer. Yeah. I got to go get that. And – I'll have everything. Uh, and I'm working on grinding out everyone to be able to learn their stuff as I'm going. So everything is progressing. Everything's growing for me in this game. But I just hate that I have to do it for Chocobo. That's so <laughs> stupid. Otherwise, I'd grind in this little submarine I'm in and just just rack up I experience. loved watching you post your anger in the Discord. And all I did was laugh and laugh and laugh. It's it frustrating. Wonderful. I'm excited to get through it, though. I got... So many more games I want to get to. What's that? Okay. Well, with that, like, what's the next game you want to get to? Because Final Fantasy VII is a solid way to spend your time. It is an experience that I think everybody who likes RPGs should play the original before the remake. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. No, it it should be done. 
uh, I'm glad I played the remake, mm-hmm. but I should have waited. And it almost makes me depreciate. Actually, I, I'm going to save this. I'm going to save this. Oh, here we go. I think we should have an episode on Final Fantasy VII. I know we kind of talked about the remake before, Yeah. but we can have a original and remake episode. And I think we should save this. Absolutely. That. We should definitely save that. Uh, I will replay through the original and finish the remake finally. What? Wait, you, you still haven't finished the remake? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> it came out like two years ago. I know. We talked about I it. I know we did. I got like 85% of the way through. And then uh, I had to go back to work. That final that final boss fight's a bitch. Is it? It's hard. Fighting Rufus? Yeah, I've heard that it's a pretty nasty battle. It's hard. Um, I'm at the po- uh, I'm at the point where you fight uh, Rudy and Rude together in a battle. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. it's like you're on the rooftop. Renee, yeah. Renee and Rude. Yeah. Oh yeah, thank you. Um, it's okay. I'm only balls deep in the original. You, Don't worry I, about it. Yeah. I actually love the Turks. The Turks. Uh, the okay. Turk- I'm gonna save this. I'm gonna save it. I'm yeah. Gonna save it. Yeah. <laughs> like, stop that shit. Like we we waste we waste plenty of material just hanging out. So I got to be very careful. But What's your next game? That's so hard to choose. I I have so many games on my Switch that I need to beat through and just get re- so I need to pick something and it all depends on when I beat Atelier Riza. Mm-hmm. So I have to beat that first and I'm playing that on my PC. And then after that, I only have so much time before I go back to my year of Final Fantasy starting in 2022. And oh, that's right. You're playing Are you playing all of the Final Fantasies? Yep. And I just, 15? As much as I can, yeah. Are you, are you sticking to the multiplayer, I mean the single player ones? Yes. So the only one I'm not doing is 14. And 11. Oh, yes, and 11. But I just have to gauge where I am and see what I can beat. I may be able to knock out like one or two Final Fantasies in, by then. Maybe Dragon Quest Three. Have you not played but, Dragon Quest Three yet? I, no, I'm saving it. I have such high expectations, and I know I'm going to love it. So so you're sort of like pseudo having a extended year of Dragon Quest. Constantly. While I've been in, a, in year, a, year of, a year of Final Fantasy. Okay. I've been in a year of Dragon Quest since 2019, and it's uh, it's been a good year. <laughs> <laughs> you love Dragon Quest. So did much. you ever finish 11? I did not. I finished the first two arcs. I got all the way to the end of the third arc. But to completely finish that game, you have to grind out so much, mm-hmm. and that's Dragon Quest. Do so, oh yeah. And they love they, that's that's the original grind, baby. Yeah, that is the original grinding RPG. And that's what's so fun about it now. Like I, I understood what I did in that first or er, in Dragon Quest Eleven, mm-hmm. and that was my first one to truly beat. Yeah. And so after that, I went back. They released one, two, and three on the Switch. I bought them all. I beat one, maxed out my character, did what I had to do, collected all the armor for Erdrick. And beat the dragon guy, and I was like, "Fuck yeah, that was so good!" And then I did the second one, did all that, collected everything, and beat the dragon or Halgoth. Halgoth, he was horrible. I beat him, and then the second form after that, and I was like, "God, you're horrible!" And I beat it. It was so good. And I know the third one is is the the pinnacle, one of the pinnacles of Dragon Quest. I think your biggest hurdle is gonna be finding four, five, and six. They're all on the DS. Yeah, so they're all extremely out of print and extremely expensive. Yeah. Oh, and that's not entirely true. Four is definitely got a premium, and five's got a higher premium. Six. Whew. Yeah. 
that not one. saying I'm looking at emulation, but it's possible. Yeah. But that's if they don't remaster those and put them out. I'm really hoping they do this HD 3D remake thing for the rest of the series. Oh, yeah. And they yeah. just put them out like that's they're doing right. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, so actually. Like the Octopath Traveler guys are just like working for like the next fucking decade on Dragon Quest. They've got their, they've got their game made. So I think I may just go ahead and hold off on Dragon Quest Three. Actually, I may have just sold myself on that. <laughs> so that way I don't beat now, the same game twice. And then you twice. have to play Dragon Quest Builders, and that, and oh, but Dragon Quest Monsters—that's a solid one. That's coming out too. Yeah. And Dragon Quest Twelve at some. Well, no, that just entered production. Yeah. So that'll be a while. Yeah. There's a lot of Dragon. But either way, it's Final <laughs> Fantasy next year. Oh, there's also only uh, Final the Fantasy, dra- the Dragon Quest Warriors game. I don't like those. You you struggle with those like yeah. I, you, you're just like nah. Did you play uh, Hyrule Warriors? I did. I did like Hyrule Warriors, but only because I could play as Linkle, and that was different. <laughs> Very different experience. Nothing like Rule Thirty Four Link. Oh yeah, to, to make a guy really enjoy a game genre he hates. Well, I mean, Sinran Kagura is the same as a Hyrule oh, Warriors. I game. know it is. It's I, that's all it is. Oh my gosh, Sinran Kagura. We should just do a Sinran Kagura. Episode. Can we just change the name of the podcast to Sinran Kagura the show? Yeah, and I, just I fucking love that series. It like I need to find the interview, but I remember reading an interview with the guy where he was just like, I love I love TNA, so that that's why it's in the game. Hell yeah. <laughs> Like, own it, man. Own it. I love it. So, uh, with that said, what are, you, what are you watching right now? Are you watching anything different yet? I finished The Proud Family. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, only because I forced myself through it. Because I think I elaborated on it last week. But I can only watch certain shows in certain company. And my wife and my mother-in-law don't like Billy and Mandy. So I watched Proud Family with them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, However, I've been stuff. watching The Proud Family for like three months now, episode by episode. And so I finally just took it upon myself to binge it through this final 30-episode season and knock it out because I'm tired of it. And I watched it all. I, I bared it upon myself to watch this terrible animation. And Stellar Company. I guess guest work they had. They had tons of big names in this show. Like they had Gabrielle Union, Mariah Carey. They had all kind even Shia LaBeouf was in there when he was a kid on Disney. Just do it. And he yeah, he wasn't that cool. No. no, he he was actually a really shitty handicapped kid. It was really <laughs> really weird. I shouldn't laugh. That makes me sound terrible. I, uh, he was terrible. Because oh. he was using it as a I don't want to say a crutch, but it's it's only getting worse. What an, yeah, this this grave is just getting deeper. Is, I don't know how it's happening. I'm gonna go ahead and jump. Yeah. And so I'm dead. It uh, I don't know. I mean, it, it was just cool. I think I watched it more to see who was gonna be on the next episode. Oh, and so you really, were just watching like guest starring. That's all it was. Every time the episode end, I was ended. I was so grateful because it was over. But it was also okay. Who is guest appearance this time? Because I don't know who that was, <laughs> unless it was Al Roker. Because they always addressed Al Roker by name. And he was just this magical genius. And Al Roker was dead. Okay. Okay. Well, I mean, that's it was technically a kid's cartoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's kind of kid, kid's cartoons. So, uh, speaking of kid's cartoons, uh, I just I have to say this. I am going to try to hunt down SpongeBob SquarePants and watch it to see if it's as amazing as everybody. So lately, okay. 
this backstory, backstory on this. I have had a lot of people in my normal life, like adults, like college students, even uh, other like other older people who had like kids. So they watched SpongeBob SquarePants. They they make these references. Yeah. And everybody cackles the way, and it's so funny, and I don't get it. I've seen the memes, and me- the memes are funny primarily because of the circumstances of the actual like meme. Yeah, you know, like th- these scenes can be adapted to a joke. Okay, cool. It's not necessarily the series; it's just got some great kind of moments that people have been creative with. But I I ran into three occasions where someone made a SpongeBob SquarePants reference. And everybody laughed their asses off, and I had no idea what was going on. And so I was like, can I just go back and watch this show? I have to know, is it actually good? I, because people act like it's made of gold. And, I, and I, you know, I think it's one of those shows that does have a little bit of adult humor kind of rolled into it. Oh, yeah. But uh, I, it came out in 1999, and that was right around the area I was in high school, and I had basically gone full tilt into um, – extracurricular activities um to prepare for college so i didn't watch tv as much anymore um because i never had time i was in marching band i was in football i was in active decathlon uh yeah i know everybody makes that face when i say that that every words. time oh, it hurts national honor society odyssey of the mind like all these things i'd never had time um so I I never got to watch it when it was actually on TV and I, and I mean I was in high school so it would have it could have possibly fallen into my wheelhouse but I just didn't have the time for it. Um, but it seems so culturally relevant now that I actually am curious. Like I like I don't know. You grew up with SpongeBob SquarePants. Did you watch all of my, it? That was my cartoon. I dressed up as SpongeBob for a Halloween. Really? Yeah. I. Did I you paint yourself yellow? No, it was a costume. It was a whole Oh, like a the whole like sponge. whole foam and yeah. everything. Oh, wow. It was cute. Is there a picture? I'll have to look. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but I don't know if you could go back and just watch SpongeBob like that cuz I feel like a lot of that was kind of in the moment type watching. Oh, really? Cuz if you go back and watch it now, it's probably just going to be a lot of missed stupid stuff. Like I, I've watched SpongeBob now, and like if I see some of the the episodes that I know are funny or were funny, like I laugh with it because I know it's stupid. But I don't know how it would be for someone that has no nostalgic ties to SpongeBob watching Patrick hit his head on a rock, and just you you laugh or you don't, or when when Squidward tricks them into doing something stupid, is it funny or is it not? I kind of feel like that train already already left the station it's like one of those cases where it was lightning in a bottle it was like it was like at that age at that time it was important to you and that's now been ingrained in your head but if you tried to watch it now as an adult it wouldn't be it's it's, like you might have that moment you're you're like this is stupid i think that's definitely how it's gonna be Hmm. Uh, but i mean I, i definitely would encourage watching an episode i'm i feel like there's definitely some set out there that has the the quintessential episodes on it or something are the I'll most important ones yeah. but uh, starting from one going up to now because the show's still going on is it no i thought it ended I, I think they talked about ending it like three or four times but it never got ended as far as i know they actually just started a spinoff show on paramount plus 
Really? With CG, SpongeBob, and uh, the gang at a, a camp. And I don't really know what warranted <laughs> that, but they they did it. But I'm 13 seasons. Yeah. Is it still going? I'm trying to find that out right now. Okay. Uh, let's see. SpongeBob SquarePants. This number of episodes, 268. Are they half an hour episodes? Yeah. yeah. Jesus. Two skits in, or two skits, two skits each. And honestly, you could probably watch the first half and be caught up on all the relevant stuff. It looks like, come on, where's the number of seasons? Um, oh no, it says to present. Yeah. So I, I thought they they talked about ending it, but they won't do it. They won't pull that plug. Not on a, not on Big Daddy SpongeBob. I mean it. It makes some money. Yeah. It's still making the money. Wow. Okay. A funny thing to see is the voice actors for those two, SpongeBob and Patrick, they're both pretty active on social media and they always act out the scenes but in real life. And so, like if SpongeBob was cooking something, Tom Kenny will be doing something, like wearing his clothes, and he'll like talk to Patrick and the guy that acts out Patrick goes, Oh and it's it's always so <laughs> They probably so have a lot of fun funny. with it. They yeah. probably have a, I imagine that like that's part of the, the joy of being like a voice actor is kinda of having fun. I think I think uh Especially the, for twenty years. I'm pretty sure the voices of um Batman and what are the uh, what Robin? Yeah, Batman and Robin, like the mm -hmm. the two voices from like the animated series, like uh they do a lot of social media stuff. I think one of my favorite uh, voice actors that does kind of social media stuff is Rob Paulson. I, I know believe, that name. I believe he. I believe uh, I may be messing up his name. I don't know. We'll see. But he did the voice of uh, Yakko from Animaniacs. Oh yeah. Um, and I uh, one of my favorite videos on the internet is him doing the updated country song at a convention. Like, I, did you ever watch Animaniacs? Yeah, I did. I don't know what the updated country song is, uh, though. No, so in the original Animaniacs, there was, they sang a song that named all the countries of the world. Oh, okay. Yeah, so it's this whole, like, limericky, rhymy, like, kind of fun, like, schoolyard song version of naming all the countries in the world. Well, as you know, during that time, there, there was countries that are no longer countries now. Um, so at a convention, he actually does an updated version of that song with the new country names in the voice of Yakko. And it's, it's freaking hilarious. It's That's great. Cool. It's wonderful. Um, I'm also a huge fan of Billy West, who, uh, as far as I can tell, did half of the voices in Futurama. He um, did half the voices of everything. Awesome. Billy, Billy made most people's childhoods, childhoods. Uh, yeah. He, he's like a prolific voice actor yeah. uh, in animation. But I think my favorite thing I saw him do um, was, I'm pretty sure he read the – he did a voice – there's like a there's like a voice actor's kind of like animation and comic uh, sort of show on YouTube or something like that where they invite these guests on. And they did a, a scene with Professor Farnsworth and uh, Fry as Marty and Doc from Back to the Future, and it was pretty fantastic. I, I'll, have to, I'll have to dig that up for you. I feel like a cartoon I really need to watch is Futurama. You really do. It is – I wasted my time with the Proud Family. And it, I really please. should have watched Futurama. I have the entire series on DVD, and I will give you access to my Hulu. Watch it; it's one of my favorite oh. series of all time. I reference it constantly, and I can—I've actually yeah, kicked butt at a pub trivia night that was purely focused around Futurama. If it's on Hulu, I'm good. Melissa I and I have watched it probably close to thirty-six times. Wow! All ten seasons. Damn. Yeah. Ten seasons isn't bad. 
No, it's very approachable because the seasons aren't crazy. They're not like 26 episodes per season. Yeah. it's. I think it's somewhere like 15 or 16 per season. So it, I think it's like 100 something episodes total. Yeah. But there's a lot. It's really fun. And there's just a lot of really cool things about it. I, I love the characters. And the comedy sometimes is really dumb. And that's when it's the funniest. Yeah. So, And you can finally understand my references to, to some of the things I say. So I'm excited for you to do that. I'll catch on. But uh, are you watching anything else besides the Proud Family? Wow, man. That all stemmed from the Proud Family? Yes, absolutely. Jesus we, Christ. Uh, we, took, we took a train to Random Town. And, and uh, we almost didn't come back. Absolutely. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, so I'm actually watching a show called The Saga or Saga of Tanya the Evil. Um, an isekai show my brother tricked me into watching. Yeah, because as I have you. prolifically stated on this sh- this podcast i hate isekais <laughs> they're all the same you can't tell me otherwise except for this one this one's different okay and <laughs> I, I, I i'm trying to count in my mind the number of times you've watched an isekai show and actually enjoyed it but then said you don't like isekai so i've only enjoyed one isekai really which one was that shield hero that was it I, two including this one did you watch uh that time i reincarnated as a slime i tried to Really? I couldn't. Really? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, no. Absolutely not. I got like two or three episodes, and I wanted to try because they just started airing the second season. Yeah. And I was like, okay, you know what time, time I got reincarnated slime? You know, it, it's popping. Let me see what's going on here. And I got two or three in, and I was like, still Jesus popping. Christ, I can't do this. This is super dumb. Oh, yeah. I, I mean, I, it's power fantasy to a T. Yeah. That's, that's what I don't like is this power fantasy stuff. This – the slime that is breaking the world, and I don't like that. <laughs> I can, I, I, I'll get behind the shield hero, who has some. I, I'll get, I'll get with angst, and I'll get with some begrudging motives to take down the empire or fight a god, because that's kind of what Saga of Tanya, e- Saga of Tanya the Evil is. Is kind of, I've been wronged by a god. I'm taking him down, and that I like that. That's something I can get behind. Not okay. Oh wow, you know. But is it a power fantasy isekai? Like, uh, is she given like crazy powers or anything like that? No, she's rooted. Really? She's rooted in that world where she has to work with what she's got, and she is know. worked against by this god. She, he. Well, I know he, it was originally a he, and then he reincarnated, reincarnated as a she. she. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah, because isn't he like an old man that was? Some business guy, yeah, yeah who got, he wasn't a pleasant dude himself, so yeah. And then he gets hit by this train, and then he gets, or he has this epiphany with God moment, and he's like, "Ah, oh, well, you know, I guess I'm done anyway. I don't have nothing worth believing in here or anything to leave behind." And the God's like, "You, you didn't have nothing to believe in. I was here the whole time." And he's like, "I guess you had a pretty good life. I'll, I'll put you somewhere you need to believe in me." And then he puts him in this little girl's body, in this World War II alternate universe and gives him the reins and the the guy's making the best of it but it's he's having it work against him and it's good i I like check it out it seemed like a very visceral is it is a guy um it's it reminded me very much of when you were talking about nagatoro or don't toy with me miss nagatoro Mm -hmm. um and how you were really worried about her facial animations and this bitch has some crazy faces. I, there's some, there's some great, it's, great stuff. I've seen it. I've, I've seen 
images of it. I haven't actually watched the show yet. Um, I think it has a season two too, doesn't it? Uh, it ha- season two is coming. I, I talked oh, to my okay. brother about it. I think season two is coming. It has a movie and a special. I think. Oh wow. I think. <laughs> I'll have to double check on that. Me, I am pretty sure you're right. It sounds it sounds like a thing because that's a lot of times they'll do movies in between seasons. Yeah. Sometimes it's recap movies with some minor extra content, but occasionally original storylines i mean it really just depends i'll I'll, I'll have to look into it for sure yeah um what are you watching that's all that's all i'm watching oh man what am i watching uh i finished welcome to demon schooler rumakoon thank god season two now i don't have to hear about it for a couple months oh no 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 oh no 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 the manga still releases every week buddy and you will hear about it who's doing this only one of the best writers out like he's this series is great how is this not in your wheelhouse like I, every episode will be me ranting and raving about this shit. I you, just feel like it. I don't. I don't know why you haven't caught on yet, but the more you push me for something, the further I go away from it. Well, now you're stuck in my house and you have no fucking choice. Oh no. <laughs> oh no. Uh, so yeah, I, I wrapped it up. I'm not gonna go deep in there, Rumikun. I've done it enough times. Um, I also kept up with uh, Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid, which I talked about already. It was it was an episode where. Kana goes to America because she gets into a fight with Kobayashi and gets into hijinks. I need to catch up on that. I, ha- I, I hadn't seen this past show. episode. The animation is so good, and the comedy's solid, the action's solid, and it's got some some real heart to it. I, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of it. It's so weird for me to read one series that this author makes and then see Kobayashi's Dragon Maid and be like, these these two series have very different tones. Um, I saw one thing about... Uh... And it, it got me thinking about Kobayashi Dragon Maid, about how you don't need anime or fan service in anime. And I was like, well, what about Kobayashi Dragon Maid? You know, I don't, I don't really come here for fan service. You know, if it was really just a bunch of maids that turned into dragons, I think I'd still watch the show. And I was like, you know, if you take Luko out the show, and I was like, no, no, you need fan service. Ah, uh, yeah, you need fan service. Um, I don't think you need fan service in anime. That's a whole other can of worms, really. Yeah. Um, because if you have good writing and a good story and good character development, you don't even notice it. Right. When it is there. So you could get away with not having fan service in your show. But I will say it helps. Absolutely. Um, I uh, I actually find Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid to be really unique because the world that it sets up is really cool. The idea that dragons exist in a, you know, another world that they can travel in between, to ours, that and you're like, okay, so this this has epic repercussions, and instead it's a like a, a like a uh, found family dynamic going on, and every once in a while there'll be like a quick storyline about like the dragons and their world and how things exist, but for the most part it's it's family hijinks, and I I don't know, it's it's a really cool kind of experience. Um, I remember somebody saying they didn't like the series because um, it felt weird because Kobayashi is a female, but it, it, clearly she's supposed to be like a male, like kind of like trade out. Yeah, and I don't believe that. Like I think Kobayashi as a female is, is a solid, a solid understanding character. Like I don't, I don't think that's true. So I, uh, whoever said that, I can't remember who it is at the moment. You're wrong. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't see that at all. I mean, she. She is just Miss Kobayashi. Mm-hmm. I don't. I don't see her as any other kind of. Yeah, I mean, some people can argue she, you know, is non-binary or whatever. But I, 
I'm not thinking about that when I'm watching anime. So yeah, I'm just like cool. Um, I do like Saitama a lot. The little girl that is friends with Kana, who always kind oh, of like... Oh, she's adorable. Yeah, she's oh so fantastic. She, she like, her, like, the fact that she, like, blows her top every time, like, Kana's, like, really friendly to her. And she's kind of... kind of gets like the heart. Yeah, she, the, yeah, like, uh, she has a pseudo-creepy relationship sometimes, because she'll, like, try to trick Kana into being more, like, a skinship with her. And it's so funny. I just, I think it's hilarious. That was it, is it a pooey is the sound she makes all the time? Oh, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if there's a dub or what, but... The... They just started the dub. They didn't have one for the first season for the longest time. But they just started dubbing it. And I, I would be really interested in hearing, like, the first couple episodes. Yeah. And seeing if it's worth a listen. I, other than that, I've just been continuing episodes of City Hunter. Uh, I'm, I'm low-key uh, kind of thinking about just every time I watch anime, sharing my screen with the Discord. And if anybody wants to jump in and watch my old-ass anime with me, they can. I got uh, Dirty Pairs on the on the docket here soon. Um, Pat Labor is going to be ooh in my queue. That's one of the ancient Mecha ones I've been wanting to watch. That's a that's a Mecha one that's kind of got its uh it plays with less fantastical objects like it's uh you know Gundam is made out of special ma- uh, materials like Gundanium and there's like new types and all that shit. Like Pat Labor, as I recall, is more about like their labor machines and they're they're driven by people and it's they're they're not fantastical they're not, not all these weapons and things like that i think pat labor is literally about a police unit that uses mechs and they deal with mechs being used illegally and stuff like that like, don't don't quote me on that i haven't watched it in so many years so yeah. I'm, I'm looking for i had the ultimate collection it i got it on sale from right stuff and uh, has all the movies and everything like that. I'm looking forward to going through the whole shebang. But it's uh, that is one that's in the list. I also have uh, Oh My Goddess in my queue. Um, oh My Goddess, depending on who you talk to. And then You're Under Arrest, which is uh, another series, as I recall, by the author of Oh My Goddess. And it's like a buddy cop, but it's two female police officers. Ooh. And they have kind of like odd couple personalities and they get into hijinks. Uh, I don't have the official release yet because I think it's severely out of print, but I will find it. So, hmm. Man. That's we covered a lot. lot. That's a lot on the queue. Yeah. Yeah, we have covered a lot. We've, uh, we've covered a lot. How long have we been going? Looks like about an hour and six minutes. Jesus. Okay, I kind of think we've, uh, I kind of think we got a stopping point there. <laughs> Hell yeah, no, that, that, that's a great place to wrap up. We got some good content in there. We got some good things lined up for the future. Final Fantasy, Seren Kagura, um, you know, Final Fantasy Seven in particular. Absolutely, but, I think. Uh, I think one thing I want to save these Reddit questions because I think that is one thing that definitely uh, plugs up time for us. I mm-hmm. think I want to kind of move these to kind of every other episodes. Um, so I will still be posting in the Reddit anime. Uh, I think I may even post some in the Reddit manga area um, for questions every other week once we start getting ready to gather questions there. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you want to catch me there, you can. Uh, I'll also be in different areas in Reddit like uh, Senra Kagura or Paper Mario or Pokemon. or I'm all over Reddit. I've now found out about the world and 
nothing nothing is off limits so so i'm gonna i'm gonna close this out like the, i've i've learned a lot about the internet in recent months twitter instagram reddit uh, there is a lot out there in the world that i never ever explored i knew it existed but i never like got in depth into it the the number of waifu arts on my phone has exploded since i i started getting back on twitter and like actually liking certain things and it's like I, I'm getting worried. Like I'm getting attached to my phone, but Reddit's got some great stuff too. Like I, yeah. I'm in the figure collectors one, manga collectors uh, subreddit, uh, anime armpits, uh, Gurren Lagann, um, you know, all those normal ones. And yeah, but hang on, let's, of it. let's go ahead and bring that back there. Wait, no, I don't know what you're talking about. Those are all completely normal. <laughs> but I, I'm really enjoying it, and it's such a unique experience for me to be somebody who existed in a space where these started. But I never got to experience them until now, and it's 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 a lot of fun. Um, so if anybody wants to talk to me on any sort of social media, feel free to reach out. I uh, I go by Bonsai Bandit, as in Bonsai Tree, so it's B O N S A I. Um, or you can just reach out to the Senpai Kohive podcast Twitter or uh, what is that? Senko podcast. Yeah, on Twitter it's S E N K O U podcast on Twitter. You can also find me on Reddit at Treyblade. Treyblade. That's it. Some good shit. Nice. I was like, man, Trey Sean's already taken. So I guess it's Treyblade. Bonsai Band is, is is my main thing. Like it's it's served me well for like multiple decades now. So I'm usually the person that posts under that name. Either that or Bonsai Bandit sixty three. Cause I was clever when I was younger and I was gonna put sixty four, like Nintendo sixty four, because I was really into the Nintendo sixty four, but I minus one because it was it. Someone's proud of you, but me, it's not me. Me mostly. Me it's mostly. Definitely not. Yeah, me. I'm the I'm the most proud of myself. Yes, sir. But it, that was a great time. I'm sure it was. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that wraps us up for the night. You guys check us out on our varying platforms and places to listen, and you can even catch us on YouTube occasionally. Maybe we'll even post some pictures somewhere eventually. But for now, have a wonderful evening, and keep listening.